Welcome to episode 103 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? Doing good. You like that dramatic? That was, I was like, see. Boom. It's like, wow, wait a minute. Make him think. Hold it. Boom. I just thought maybe it froze. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, we already lost internet connection. You know, funny story about that. It's it's really, it's, you know, the downside of being in the furthest corner of our shop is like we have Wi-Fi routers all throughout the shop because we have offices kind of spread out and they kind of bounce off of each other and they repeat the signal and stuff. So they're not really like routers or kind of repeaters. Well, the other day they moved one of them and I completely lost Wi-Fi. So I've been on my data, on my cell phone, working off of everything and everything's slower. So yeah, you know, someday we're going to have a little bit more of a condensed space for all of us to work in the marketing department and everything. And that will be nice. But yeah, that's my, my big drama for the week is I lost my Wi-Fi. So I guess I can't complain too much. How's your week going? Going really good. Been really good. We've had beautiful weather. It was a little rainy this morning, but it's supposed to be 70 today. Which and tomorrow. So I'll take a little rain and 70 degrees. Yes, last couple of days have been sixties and sunny. So I think spring is here. Um knocking on wood. But I actually this morning took all all the flannels out of my closet, all my long sleeve warm shirts, and and uh put them in like I have this little storage thing in the basement, put those down there, brought up my short sleeve button up style shirts this morning. I I did the swap. I took the the ice scraper out of my Jeep. So Ooh, I'm not doing that yet. <clears throat> I uh not yet. I made the I'm I'm, I'm pretty much I I made the jump into into spring. I've I made all the pretty much made all the changes that I need to. The real question is is the top off the Jeep. Um I put my kind of I put the you know so the front has like they call them freedom panels. There's like the the the, the front half of the, the roof comes off. Mm-hmm. Last year I bought it's like a flip back soft top thing that just fits in the front front there. I did change that uh, I think last weekend. No, two weekends ago. So I did I did do that. And I'm just waiting. I almost took the doors off uh, Monday. The mornings have still been pretty chilly when I actually drive. So I haven't taken the doors off yet. Soon though. You know, it was kind of cool having, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it. You and I were both at RX Range Day um, this past weekend, and it was cool because this was the first event that I had my Jeep to. You know, this whole like the last year because of everything being canceled and shut down, I did this fancy paint job and new lift kit, wheels and tires last spring, and I was hoping last year to be able to go to some events, and I was super excited because the Jeep actually looked professional and it does look good yeah it, it was cool because a lot of people liked it i do have a funny story I, I did i tell you the turnpike story i don't think so okay so this is hilarious so what i was driving with uh, one of our new hires which you met his name is brenton he is jumping on board starting officially next week and he's going to be a videographer so he he's going to be video you know, capturing video editing all of that stuff with myself and John. But anyway, this was the first kind of an event that he's ever been to um, because he's fairly green in the firearms industry and all that. But either way, we were driving down the turnpike. We got off an exit, you know, where where we were going to get off the turnpike, go through the toll thing, pull into a sheets. Um, What I noticed as I was getting off the exit is there's this BMW SUV just like flying up behind us. So he got like right up onto us went through the toll stuff. We got to sheets. I pull into the gas station and I see this BMW just like right behind me, right at the gas pump, like pull right up against the Jeep. And I was like, holy crap, like this guy's road raging or something. So he gets out of the car, of course, or the SUV. And I was like, crap, this guy's going to do something weird. Well, he comes over. He's like, dude, is that thing a diesel? And I was like, first off, thank you (laughs) for not trying to kill me or something. And I was like, yeah, man, it's a, it's a diesel. He's like, oh, that's so awesome. So we were talking vehicles and stuff. 
he was asking me all kinds of questions about the Jeep. And he's like, you know what got me super interested in seeing Jeeps with diesels? There's this YouTube video I watched, and it's but it's a black Jeep. And he's like, this guy did a diesel conversion, and the channel was Keystone. Key, he just like stumbled. He's like, he said Keystone. He's like, I don't remember what it was. I was like, Keystone Carry. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the channel. I watched his Jeep videos. I was like, that's me. That this is that Jeep. It just looks a lot better. <laughs> so right on the border of West Virginia, <laughs> some dude pulls off the turnpike, gets off the toll booth early, simply to come say hi and say, is that a diesel? So that's crazy. It was, uh, it was a very fascinating experience. Um, but you know, this, this is one of those things. It's the same reason why you have, I mean, you have your Jeep cause you wanted a gladiator, but at the same time, it looks the way it does because it's a first impression and you go to an event and like, I'm not telling people to be materialistic cause like you can, you can get super weird with it and get reckless, but there's something nice about having a vehicle that presents well when you go to an event. And that was my goal with my Jeep is it's something different it's it's you know. branding like it, it's right it's a branding thing and it just so happens in this case that the branding thing gets to be a fun vehicle to drive or a nice vehicle to drive i mean the i have stories from <clears throat> you know from my last last jeep which wasn't really that cool of a jeep i made it as cool as i as i could yeah but you had a pretty cool wrap <clears throat> yeah so, so I, I did i could see why people would be like hey. did the wrap on it and and i have stories of like i'm driving down the some back road in Bufu, Georgia or something like that. I'll be driving along and my phone will, will light up and I'll, I'll look at it and I get a message on Instagram or Facebook or something like that from somebody saying, hey, I just, like, they'll take a picture of me doing 55 miles an hour down some road. And they'll be like, man, I just saw your, I just saw your Jeep. I just saw your other uh, uh, Neomeg truck or whatever. And, uh, or I'll get people honking at me and, you know, I'm, I'm, I was driving through Illinois and I get somebody waving or flashing the lights at me and, and then they'll <laughs> shoot me a message afterwards saying, Hey, you know, that was me. That was, that, that was waving at you or whatever. And, uh, that's cool. And then, you know, like you're saying at, <clears throat> at the event, um, there's always like, I always get tagged in a bunch of pictures of people just taking pictures and posting pictures of the Jeep. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it works. It's cool. And it's fun. Yeah. You know what I think is really funny is all the people that, you know, we were giving prizes away for the competitions and all the people that said Neomag is thrown in the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, everybody's trying to people trying to give the get Jeep my Jeep away. away. <laughs> so, you know, mine's a little more incognito. It doesn't <laughs> say TA targets, doesn't have any branding. So, yeah, nobody's going to volunteer my Jeep as the giveaway prize. When I was going to tell you that, that, that your Jeep looks great, but it needs to be. Like it, it needs to be TA'd. Like it needs some TA targets. -ness. Honestly, you know, because we're diversifying channels and all that, I don't even know if it would be TA targets. It. it would be yeah. Turbo Diesel XJ. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the TDXJ brand, right, is yeah, something that, that we are like really honing in on. But that that's why I've I've held back on the TA thing. Is like. You know, I'm trying to build these multiple pages that all kind of interlock and I, it's worked with Keystone. I get, dude, I get customer service questions on Keystone carry all the time for TA. So like people know that they're associated, which is my goal. Yeah. Um, I don't post much on Keystone carry currently. And we're planning on making that more focused around like me as a business owner, less like gun photography. <clears throat> and that'll be cool. Cause that'll again, like put more of a face between the company. And, you know, again, there would be customer service stuff with that. But, um, yeah, the uh, the TDXJ thing is probably the route that will go. Um, we have a – Perry and I have a conference call today with another company that is in the Jeep world, the off-road overland world, seeing if we can partner up uh, between companies. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going on over here. I'm you know, I get, I'm going through these phases where I get super overwhelmed and I'm currently in one of those phases because we just invested a ton of money in something that may turn out really good or maybe it won't, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, but 
I don't know. I go through spells where this stuff becomes easier. And then I go through spells where it's like, I feel like I'm, I know my hairs are getting gray just because making some of these decisions, you know, we hired two more people. Um, that brings risk trying to gear all that up. Um, you know, we just expanded into two more offices up here in the upstairs, which is whatever we could have used them this whole time. I mean, it's part of our, you know, part of our space up here. We have just extra space that's unused. So it's not like this is a building expansion, but it, it you know, it all costs money. We're buying furniture for it, painting the rooms, getting them all set up. Office furniture is expensive. We're not going crazy. Like, seriously, we're going to do like Walmart stuff for this one because we're also doing that storefront at the end of so the year. Yeah. So here's my my thoughts on that because I bought Walmart furniture like a year, year and a half ago, and the finish is already like wearing off. Yeah. Oh, I know. I um, have it just, for my just some people's arms desk. resting on and stuff. Right. It's, and uh, I 100% know that. And that's for me fine for this because we're seriously looking at like six months and we'll be moving. Yeah. So I just want to do functional, inexpensive. Because you just go, go to Lowe's. The- you just go to Lowe's and get a picnic table. <laughs> then we can for use it thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, for hundred thirty dollars, <laughs> get a picnic table. Wow, that up. would look. That would look great. So, John, you're working on a picnic table. <laughs> Why not? It's like they're huge. They're cheap. They're going to last forever. And then when you're done, you just put it outside in, in your next shot. There we go. I don't think you could get it up here. I'll have to show you this place sometime. The the maze to get up here. But no, it it is true. Office furniture, dude, when you get into like if you buy quality, holy cow, it gets like you know, I was looking up quality desks just to see, you know, what is a nice hardwood desk? And they're like two thousand dollars for a desk, and it's not even anything fancy. Yeah, there's like it's no drawers. Literally just a desk, but it's solid wood, not the MDF or particle board. So it'll be worth it in the other building that we're looking at. And and that process is, you know, in the in the middle of rezoning and all kinds of other crap going on. So I'm hoping by the end of the year we have a really clear plan and stuff is underway with that. But we're at the mercy currently of the township here. So we'll see what, you know. I mean, we're not. We could just be rebels and do whatever we want. But at the same time, then if you sink a lot of money into something and they come and evict you or, you know, I don't know, tear the building down. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Find us a million dollars. You know, one of the good things about about COVID and what it did to one thing it did to a lot of businesses is made them realize I don't need to be paying for this office space. Everybody can just work at home. We found one of those companies. They were selling office furniture, like tons of it, and really nice stuff. Actually. We're, when we were there picking stuff up, we were talking to the office manager, and she told us like they spent like six figures on on it was on like desks, some chairs. It was maybe like four desks, four chairs, um, like for offices, a big table, like a big conference room table, and chairs at the conference room table, and maybe a couple file cabinets, like an insane amount of money. Well, they realized that that they didn't need this this office so actually the des- desk that i'm sitting at was was one of the desks we get and i actually kicked myself for not buying the other desk because they were selling them for pennies on a dollar i think i paid like i don't know 250 dollars or something like that maybe maybe even 500 for this desk and this is like a three thousand dollar desk or something crazy um and it's not like real wood but 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 it is um like hard laminate you know it's 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 a, it's a good laminate on it um it's super heavy duty nice drawers and everything but anyway without getting going down the office furniture route just say now now this is forging the office furniture forging the office furniture journey <laughs> but it's definitely but what i found after having this desk and seeing how long the other desks that i bought are are lasting i'll be lucky if we get 2 years out of those other desks and i'm going to need to get new desks at that point I'm going to probably shell out money for real office furniture and not Walmart. I mean, even Ikea's furniture is even a step up from Walmart. Yeah. 
Uh, it's all just so much Sadly. money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the problem, oh man, you know, the worst part about like Ikea furniture or Walmart furniture, like Wayfair or whatever. They're so simple when they're set up, but they take like 15 hours to put together and they'd never have proper instructions. It's just goofy graphics. And they and give you these stupid little tools that barely work. But now I have tons of tools, but it's still like, honestly, it's offensive when you open the package and what you get is this little like sheet metal stamped thing that you can't call it a tool. It's not even worthy of the name tool. And then seriously, like I remember when we put these desks together and we spent an entire day because there's like 50 different screws and it's not like you just screw into wood. It's like, no, you've got this goofy little insert that you got to hold just right to line up with the bolt, but you can't see it because it's hidden. And it's, oh man, we spent so much time putting this together. Yeah. And And then if you ever try to move it, yeah, it's a, <laughs> especially ever try to move it. It's, it's not made to be moved, even a foot. No, it's made no, to be like in seriously, place yeah. and never move. <laughs> yeah. If you move it an inch, there's a good chance it's going to fall apart. Well, well because if you try to take it apart and then move it to another room and put it back together, it's sorry. You know, the best part about these L shaped desks from Wayfair is the fact that they're like half inch MDF and it's the cheapest MDF. It's like, they couldn't even afford to buy the right sawdust to compress. It's the wrong sawdust. It's like yeah. a sponge. And they have these flat plates that screw into the bottom of it. And you're like, ah, like these tiny little screws. You only have a half inch of thickness. Then you're screwing into this particle board. It's like, yeah. See, that's why you put it in one spot and you never, ever touch it. Never, ever. Ever. Or even think about it. So, yeah, that's why it was funny. The team was like, so you moving your desk into your new office? I was like, nope, nope, not at all. Not even thinking about it because if I think about it, it'll fall apart. Exactly. So it's tough. So if you guys learned anything from that, what did you learn? What do you think they learned? Buy once, cry once. Yeah, that's just the moral story in everything. Everything, always. So it's actually we we could use that as a segue here. I was going to talk about RX Range Day next, but I feel like that's a really good segue into talking about um, in a sense scaling. So I had a question submitted this morning asking about scaling, asking about, you know, when do you know when to scale up Um, specifically to this question was, when do I know when to purchase like a big piece of equipment? Um, I've done it with CNC machines. You've done it with, you know, plasma tables and and giant brakes and stuff like that. Like you've you've made some you know some big big purchases too. When did you know when it was time to buy your latest plasma table? Because I remember like you've been talking about for I think since the beginning of the of doing the podcast. You guys are talking about buying an, a big laser table weren't you like no i think you're talking about that yeah we the first like for years it's supposed to be like a i became obsessed with fiber lasers that was like and i I still am i i still believe that at some point we will have a brand new fiber laser at some point but that is like over a million dollar machine it's stupid expensive It, it they're ridiculous and they're tiny like when you buy this like seven figure machine it's half the size of what we have right now with the newer fiber lasers and once you get into the uh the bigger ones well the price triples so yeah it's just not a that's not a feasible route so we were looking with our smaller table figuring out something bigger and honestly it was kind of put on the back burner like we weren't going to do anything with it just because of the sheer cost of the table sizes that we we were looking at but a company like only a couple miles up the road had a fairly new it's like it's a 10 foot by 20 foot dual head so it has two cutting heads on it um hd uh, cnc table uh, for messer they bought a brand new fiber laser 
and needed to get rid of this machine. And so long story short, we kind of accidentally mm. fell into that. It was just Kirby was saying, oh, well, would you take this amount? And they said, yes. And we're like, well, holy crap, that's like a fourth of what that table's worth. But they just literally were at crunch time and they needed to get rid of this machine. So for us, we had done a ton of math, like over the last four years, especially probably the last three years, I'll say. We have been looking at production numbers, like how many of these target systems are we selling? What's our volume? What's our projection? And then taking, you know, it's called a nest. It's when we take parts and we fit them together on a sheet as efficiently as possible. It's called nesting. So we've been looking at our nests and our programs that I create. And now, you know, we used to do six foot by eight foot sheets. Well, now we can do eight foot by 20 foot sheets. So that's a massive difference. And so we started, the first step was, okay, you know, before we even had the table, what does that look like? If we nest eight foot by 10 foot or eight foot by 20 foot sheets, you know, what does our purchasing power look like? And then what is the efficiency gain? And some of those sheets were gaining 30% efficiency over the six foot by eight. That's massive. When we're talking about materials that are three times the cost of regular steel, getting a 30% efficiency gain is substantial. And so now you can project that over a year, two years, three years, four years. And like you and I talk all the time, it's very difficult for us to project. This year's already been weird. Like we, it's just different than what I would have expected. Um, so it's very difficult for us to say five years from now, this is what this looks like. But, you know, we kind of take conservative estimates and project them out take that 30% gain. Like we can look last year, what did it cost for us to produce what we sold? You know, not even the packaging or all the other stuff that goes into costs, but just the sheer production. What does that look like? You can take that number and the material used, especially you can take 30% gains on that and just do some math. So this particular table is going to pay itself off extremely quickly. Um, and that was an easy, easy, easy purchase for us. Um, the other one was our sander, which is, um, it's just a little machine from Time Saver that we take the parts off the table, you stick them in the sander and it cleans off what's called dross. It's the stuff that's stuck on the back or like the bottom side of the plate because you're literally torching through steel gets dusty and gross. So this Time Saver just chews off all of that and you're left with what looks like almost a sandblasted finished part yeah. um so like that machine that paid itself off in i forget what ethan said like less than two months we, we justified the cost so like to the point where we're now actually pricing a bigger machine to do the exact same thing but it does both sides and it can do more complex parts mm -hmm. um, it has multiple phases within the machine so you know i'm not an expert by any means um my business partner, Kirby, has a lot more experience doing this kind of stuff. So there's times where I just, you know, kind of, we look at basic math, do the best guess we can and try to make a good call. Um, but yeah, I, to me, like there's no emotion in it. I mean, there, there's sometimes stress, like we just made a huge purchase yesterday and we were talking about it's not equipment but it's an investment that has a lot of risk but it could have a lot of reward um i bite my nails usually until i have what i purchased in my hands like once it's in my hands then it's like okay cool now i at least have this asset but there's always that lag time where you like write a check yeah. and send the money away and it disappears and then you wait um i don't know i don't know if that helps in that aspect but for me it's it's math it's looking at where are we at where are we headed does it help efficiency um are we gonna be able to do something that we couldn't do previously some of this for us is driven by different partnerships that we're forming where we are manufacturing components for other people and we need capabilities the other thing i didn't even think about it the other one we just grabbed was that press break um, that CNC controlled press break, that thing's amazing. 
So I'll give you an example. Uh, the brackets on the ADAP system for the last, I don't know, two years, we've been sending the bending out to another, another shop. And the reason why is we just did not have a press break that we could program and do repeated steps where you just press buttons and it is going to make the bends for you. It's going to adjust the back gauge and all that other stuff. So we have thousands of angles that we were sending out to another shop to get bent. And, you know, I can go down in the shop now and look at what Max does and he can make, you know, our newest product that we had at our, our exchange day, the bracket for that. He did like 60 of those brackets and it took him less than 20 minutes. And that is absurd. That is incredible. So we're talking, we're sending, you know, <laughs> we're sending so much money to these other shops to do specialized work that in two years, that press break is going to make sense. You know, it's going to justify itself. Yeah. Um, now, again, we're forecasting out and sometimes you got to stick your neck out and make those calls as you know, educated decisions as best as you can. But, you know, would you ever, <clears throat> would you ever purchase a machine? So like, it's one of the things I wanted to kind of do is just, just a real simple math, math equation breakdown. Here, let me do this first and then I'm going to ask you a question. All right. So let's say that the machine costs you $100,000. We're going to make everything nice and round and easy. So your machine's $100,000. You do a five-year loan, about $20,000 a year. I mean, right now, I'm not even going to really think about, you know, like your interest rate because they're, even right now, they're pretty stupid low. So let's say it's $20,000 a year. It comes out to almost $1,700 a month, right? So for me, it's a simple equation of can I, if with what I make on this machine, can I justify that that payment? Can I make if you can make those payments? So let's say that that the part you're making is twenty five dollars a part. So seventeen hundred divided by twenty five dollars or is sixty eight um, pieces. Can you make sixty eight? Well, if you make sixty eight pieces, you're going to break even. On that payment so that's just a real simple way of of saying i need to do at least 68 of these a month in order to make this payment worth it so that's just like a it's a real ground level basic look at it and, and like you said i think you also have to look at um what else is this machine going to to offer me is it going to do better quality which that quality is going to turn into better product, happier customers, more sales. Is it going to do it faster? So um, if, it, if it does the item faster or it needs less, um, you know, less hands-on with, well, that's saving you time, allowing you to do other things and allowing you to create more things which creates more sales and you know um you know so is it going to give you more time to invest in other things instead of doing what you're doing now which i'm assuming assuming if if, if you're in this situation and, and you're looking at something like this you're probably looking at it because what you're doing now is either costing too much it's um or you're wanting to see if you can save any money you want to see if you could save your time um or you want to see if you can better your product. I mean, to me, those are kind of like the three main things, at least I think of, uh, you know, when I've purchased any equipment, those are kind of the things that I'm trying to do. So with that said, would you ever, let's say in that scenario, you're not doing 68 units, you're selling 50 units. So Right off the bat, you're probably, you're you're gonna be losing money. Would you, but your business trend seems to be going upwards. You have other ideas that you're working on that you've not made yet because you can't because you, because 
of what you're currently doing and this machine's going to free you up to be able to do those things so let's say right now you can't you're going to be losing money if you buy this, if you buy this machine right now but <clears throat> you have a pretty clear path of what you think is going to increase business and we'll soon be able to make that payment and make money would you still make that choice to get that equipment that would so normally for us we have like i said the big table is kind of like a fluke that just landed on our lap and it you know it was there at the right time we weren't even really looking for it i don't know I, that's scary so like debt scares me in general period um we just avoid that like the plague um both personal and business however there's a time and a place in a business setting that i think it's different than personal yeah um man it's, it's this is where you know i don't know i i don't know i i would need so like hypothetically you know we're type talking hypotheticals obviously we don't have details or we don't know you know if I felt like I had a really solid plan and I had an out, and that's my key there, there's something that I have a fallback, I wouldn't be scared. The key is like every, what we just bought yesterday, I have a game plan for, and I also have an out. So, you know, that makes it a little easier for me. I mean, the reality is at some point, you may not have an out and you might be rolling the dice and it's no different than like when we started up and put a ton of personal money into the business, there was no out. It just is what it is. Um, it's hard. That's hard. I, yeah. man, it, it's like everything in my gut, the entrepreneur's like, Oh heck yeah, I'll just go for it. You know, I feel like I have enough knowledge now of the, uh, the industry. I, I feel like I could make calls like that. You know, that's the benefit also, though, because we have multiple ownership, there's a lot of discussion and we can kind of work through those things as a team because I am a risk taker with my personal finances. I invest in things, I, but it still scares me yeah. every time I, I still like take pause because it, especially I, and I'll put it this way. If it was just like me or it was just a small team again, and it wasn't really anybody else that was also easier for us to take risks. But now multiple employees, there's a lot riding on this. I kind of take it, not kind of, but I'd take it way in a different light. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends <clears throat> on your plan and where you think you're going. And I mean, ideally if you're, if you're going to take out debt, I would say the bare minimum should be, you've outsourced to the point where you're more than covering that payment. Like that would be the wiser move uh, because what you could do is, you know, for example, take the press break. If we knew we couldn't justify that press break, you could buy a smaller press break or you could buy a different press break, or you could just keep outsourcing or, you know, if you can't afford the big table, maybe it's the smaller table and you're, you know, you can't get the big thing that you were thinking, but you can get the small thing. And that comes with risks too, with scaling. But you and I both know, like, like you're building, you expanded multiple times. You sometimes make the call and then things change a year later. And I would, I would really rather be in that situation, I think, where I bought some piece of equipment that now I need another one Yeah, and I can justify mm. it versus like, you know, we could have gone right into a big freaking fiber laser and now you're stuck with it. So I don't know. I don't know if that helps at all, but no. And, and I have a few, I'll get my input on this and then I'm going to, I have kind of the next level scenario. So this is definitely in this situation, this is definitely risky because again, you're taking on something that you current day is going to cost you money you're you're in you are you're taking on risk and and you have to really have a clear it, my suggestion in, in, in this scenario is if you have a very clear plan if you have 
if you have the cards in your hand and you just need to play those cards, then I think I would take I think I would make the purchase and I would take the risk and I would I would do it. And like you said, um or or or, or you're kind of alluding or you're kind of, you were alluding to is um is what can you do to have a what's your backup plan you know what's your follow-up plan if this if this doesn't work out is it something that you can sell is it something that you can do other jobs with can you you know can you start outsourcing job shopping you know what's some other things that uh, that you can do with this purchase um that in a nutshell without you know having all it and this is a very kind of vague snare that i'm putting us into so there's obviously probably you know there could be lots of other variables that that would play into making that decision all right so the next thing let's say that <clears throat> that you've been hitting the numbers the last so you're, you're a newer company you've been hitting the numbers no problem the last three months four months you've been you know sales have been above where you need to be you could easily make the payment the last three to four months and even over those three four months numbers have been climbing so things are going well but you don't have a whole lot of history of those higher numbers do you make the purchase then does that make it easier if i have data the more data i have the more comfortable i am with risk that's just it in a nutshell is I will personally do everything I can to make sure I have the data first. And then how much know. data do you need? What's the what's the number before you're like okay, let's do it. I mean, before we pulled the trigger on these machines, we had 4 years. Yeah. You know, at least at least 4 years of this is what we have. Now, the other thing is we're in a kind of a unique situation cuz our machinery is substantially more expensive than some other industries like this these like these are houses (laughs) you know what i mean this is not this is not like ten thousand dollar equipment twenty thousand dollar equipment forty thousand dollar equipment this is substantially expensive items and so that's for us why that data is so vitally important because there's not much of an out you know, there's not really, I mean, it's a very calculated risk. Now we had really good years the last couple of years and that helped us a lot with these decisions. We have trajectories, we've got data, man, like starting out, I, it, it depends. Like, are we talking, you know, are we talking $20,000 where, you know, if you've got to buy a $20,000 machine, there's a lot of outs because if you have your personal finance as well, you know, more than likely, even if you're not justifying that machine, you could sell it and not be bankrupt. You know, now if it's a hundred thousand dollar machine or a hundred and fifty thousand dollar machine, and you're a business owner, and like number one, if you're getting a loan, at least I don't know if it's nationwide, but anytime like any anything like that happens for us, you're signing personal property off. Like you are personally signing on that loan. So you have to you know, weigh that risk is, you know, if the business folds, what does that look like personally? Because they're going to come for their money. And if you can't sell the piece of equipment for 150, you can only sell it for a hundred and your business folds. Someone's going to want their 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, the, it is true that, you know, I'm not against investments in debt in a company that's very smart and very well calculated, but you are, slave to lender you know you you do have a responsibility to have the data you know for your business for your family for everything so it man i don't know it if i could have a year of data i think that would probably be minimum for me yeah um yeah and and i think I think it also depends on what is your are you currently able to keep up. You know, it, it, it 
if your back's against the wall, you can't make enough widgets and you have to make a change. We talked about this before. Your options are outsource or make more yourself. Um, and outsourcing can be extremely painful. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it is. Especially when you're making it your, sometimes. Especially when you're used to making things yourself. You make thing. You make a twenty-five dollar widget for five dollars yourself. Suddenly, it's going to cost you twenty dollars to outsource, and you're making five dollars. That's painful. <clears throat> but I think you have to compare that with what is the risk of doing it myself. Do I have to have a hundred fifty thousand dollar machine, or what if I get another fifty thousand dollar machine? Right. So now I've because I'm assuming in a situation you've already, if you're making it yourself, you've already got approximately $50,000 machine or something like that. They need to make more. Well, can you get another $50,000 machine? Does that make, make more sense than buying a, you know, than yeah, going that, up to this? To that's this. kind of what I was getting at is yeah. like you can make that move. That's so much easier to swallow. And then you have two assets, you know, let's say it's CNC you're doing machining or whatever. If you had two small CNC machines and then in your third year, you're like, wow, that worked out perfectly. And you can now afford a third bigger one. You either sell one of the small ones or both the small ones and get a, something with more capability. Or maybe now you have four different products and you're running different steps on different machines. You know, there's, I don't know. There's so many different ways to look at it. And it's funny. Like I watch, shows like shark tank and i watch other you know investors talk about investing money and i think it also depends on where your personal finances are because if $150,000 is something you have in a checking account and you know to you it's just a matter of shuffling money back and forth it's not going to have the same risk and emotional factor as someone who's in a 6-year-old business and you know, everything you're making, you're reinvesting and you're growing the business and scaling it up. So, you know, the way I look at this in 20 years is going to be totally different, I think, yeah. than today. I, I truly believe that in 20 years, I'm going to have data where, you know, I, I'll invest in those pieces of equipment on day one for a startup, but I also may have financial flexibility to do that. Because there's plenty of businesses, man, where they start out and there's an investor and they pump $2 million into the business and buy everything and start screaming from day one. But you know, the reality is we started from the ground and now we're trying to make wise decisions as we go. And that's a little different. It's a little more than an investment. There's a lot of emotion here, you know? And you, and you got to... I mean, in my opinion, you have to try to take that emotion out of it and just um, and, and just look at numbers because emotion isn't going to convince the bank. You know, when they come knocking on your door, you know, you have to have numbers. So, yeah, for sure. And as 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 business owners or you know, somebody in the situation, you're probably it, it is very emotional to you. You know, it, it, it's it's hard to take that out because you have. Because you work so hard to build your business and build a good product, and and you just you just want to do it, you know, you just want to go, and you know, but you have to be smart about it. So it's yeah, to me, it's a you have to look at the numbers and you have to you know look at your options and try to mitigate risk or you know have a way out. If, I mean, it, it, when I say you have to, have, you have to have a way, you should have a way out. I don't want that to sound like, like you you're not committing. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like flip floppy. No, it's just it's you, you, you have to go all in, and you have to believe a hundred percent in what you're doing. But it's just smart to have what is my backup plan, you know? Yeah, and that could be as simple as. You know, like we bought that big table used. I think we could get more for it than we paid. It's that right. simple. So yeah, and, and that's if, another. If we're like question two, can you buy this thing used? Which has its own risks. You know, we we yeah. 
there's been a lot of money put into this table to get it squared away and, you know, running right. And um, there's definitely, I like new stuff because you normally within the purchase price, there's a technician that comes out and sets it up and does training and you just, you've got warranties there. That's why I bought it. My three CNC machines I bought new. Yeah. Just, I liked it. It came with a warranty. You can usually talk to the salesman about adding warranty on. Um, you know, Make sure that you read the warranty because I've also been thought I had a warranty that was going to cover a situation and I still had to pay for it out of pocket. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, at this table, if we want to get a, a Messer tech out here from wherever they're at, Wisconsin or whatever, it's going to cost us five grand. You know, when we purchased the other table, it was brand new. So like there was techs for like whatever, two or three years that if you needed them, they would fly out. So, you know, it's different. Yeah. There's pros and cons. I'll put it that way. Um, You sometimes can get a really good deal and find something, you know, as bad as this sounds, there's businesses that also folded this year. Be largely not manufacturing, I would say. And because we're kind of, I think, alluding to man- manufacturing, I don't know that you'll find screaming deals because if if you stayed open during COVID time and had a good product and good marketing, chances are you had a pretty decent year in 2020. Um, and manufacturing in America seems to be screaming along. So you may not find any crazy deals, but you might find a business that was not run well, has the machinery that you need and you could get it used. And it's definitely worth looking into, I think. Yeah. So, um, I hope that helps. I hope that again, that's, I'm sure there's much more in depth, um, and knowledgeable dive into that but that's just kind of ground level just kind of some of the basics to look into to even see if it's uh if it's a viable road to go down so i happen to see you this this weekend so let me back up by saying i asked jared to come out to this uh, this event rx range day um i don't know a month or two ago because uh, i was looking for somebody to help me create content for the event, and Jared's like, no, 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 I am far too busy. I, I have, truth be told, I was. I have way too many things to do. And then last week, Jared says, hey, guess what? I'm coming out to the event. Um, so I, it was awesome. I got to see Jared. Would you like? Would you like the explanation? I can, I can give you the explanation. So, long story short, um, what changed? So number one, um what my schedule didn't allow for was creating a lot of content. That was the biggest roadblock. And I still don't have that. Um, I don't think I would have been able to do my capabilities and I don't think I would have been able to do it timely. Um, But because we're hiring and onboarding a new gentleman to the team, mostly I thought it would be a wise move to get him out there um, to experience kind of like what these range days look like so that to me was the the moment where i was like you know what i think that i should go and also donovan was um very adamant point one tactic said he wanted my steel out there and i actually did not know it was the same thing i didn't know what range day donovan invited me to until like the thursday before it literally it was last it was like the day before we had to leave, I shot a text over to Brenton and I was like, hey, can you go? And he was like, oh, man, that'd be sick. I was like, all right, well, we're packing targets up and we're going to Ohio. Um, probably the it was the la- most last minute event I've ever gone to. And because of that, we had to get an Airbnb that was like 40 minutes away because I booked it on Friday morning. <laughs> but I think it was a good time. Um, you know, I I. Uh, the location was interesting, um, kind of unique. Yep. For for content, it was a little difficult. It was, but you know, it's a cool range. It's just very narrow and short, so yep. it was it, hard to get. I think we got decent stuff though. The nice thing about it was, 
it like you're pretty close together like everything's just kind of right. right there and it was a smaller yep. it, it was also it was a smaller event so um so the just real quick if, if you can see what this event was so you, you kind of get a picture of what it was so there were four instructors each instructor sponsored by a company so the way that rick uh, with achilles tactics is is one that put this together his his plan with it was um he works with a sponsor company who then pays for the instructor to come so our it, my only expense really um you know for the most part but yeah it's not the only expense but my biggest expense really was talking to our instructor that that we sponsored with was andrew with apex shooting tactics um you know bringing him down to the event and then on top of that i mean i i, I had i brought dusty and nate you know uh, hotel rooms for one night for each of us because it was cardinal shooting center is uh it's it's mostly known it, it's like it's one of the biggest trap shooting uh, facilities in the country there's i think there's, there's over a mile of of traps when you're driving through this place <clears throat> over the years that, that they've added um sporting clays they've added uh, some other clay shooting games and they've also added a pistol and, and rifle range so um there were four instructors four companies uh you know, you know four hosting companies and then how many people were or how many shooters like i don't know six, like i think it's like 60? 60 or something like that had so, to have been like 60 because i think there was there's 13 or 14 in Donovan's Bay. There was 13 it, in ours. So that times, so say 13, 13 times four plus the other people. I mean, there's probably 20 other people for companies and different stuff going on. So I'd That's say 60, least, 60, 65 people. Yeah. I mean, there are probably like 100 people there. Um, and, you know, so we're using four you know four bays and they're all they're all real close together which is a downside and an upside the downside is you're really close together so noise like there's very little barrier be, uh, with noise between between bays which which made content a little bit of a challenge um it yeah it, content wise it was it was a challenge i think for the shooters it wasn't it was actually probably kind of nice you just kind of walked on the other side of the wall to go see the other uh it, I watch the other bay, whereas like when we're at ORD, um, there are some closer bays together, but then the big bays are are really spread out. So it was nice. It was kind of this nice, intimate, smaller um, event, but a lot of stuff got done. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we had beautiful weather. I got sunburnt, and I did too. It was my first farmer's tan of the year. First burn of the year. I know. I got my sunglass. Uh, tan lines. I got get those out of the way. So good. That's you yeah. need one. You need at least one to get get started, and then the rest of the year you can wear suntan lotion or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I it think was, it was a. I think it was a good time. It was fun at Arx Range Day. I. That's the kind of thing I want to do more of this year. I don't want to do as many. We've talked about this. I don't want to do shows per se. But I'm cool with like the layout that RX Range Day had, and I think that there's value there. Um, I'm always skeptical when I go to an event for the first time. You know, I was skeptical of ORD or skeptical of whatever, just because you just don't know. Um, I've seen a couple events that Rick has put on um, Keeley Seal Tactical, and so far they've all been legit. So I think he does a good job of. Um, you know, figuring out the details and putting on a good event and all that, um, having all the pieces in place. But you know where I'm going. Like sometimes yep. you go to a first time event and you're like, holy crap. And, and it's not like it's anyone's fault per se. It's just the first time you do anything, that's when everything's going to go wrong. And all the issues that you didn't know about, you're going to see them that first time. But I feel like with this one, probably what rick and the whole team have experienced over time with the multiple ords and a lot of other stuff probably applied to here um the one thing i had a question about which maybe you can answer i, I don't know maybe you can't but did people choose which instructor 
they wanted to train under? How does that work? Um, all right. So actually, uh, my phone's blowing up right now. Rick's calling me. Uh, I just got an email for ORD. I, I shot him a reply back. So anyway, so um, the students submitted applications. In the application process were, were questions about each of the companies. And he actually asked me, what questions do I want to ask the students? My first question, very simply, are you familiar with our products? And the first 13 people that replied and said that they didn't know anything about our products, we put into our group. So off the bat, this was worth it to me. The fact that I was going to get good content for a whole day with people that didn't know our products and never used them before. I get to put Neomags in their pockets and, and, and send them down range and have them experience it, which is pretty amazing. Cause after like the first hour, they all walked back to the, back to the table and pretty much everyone bought, bought theirs. Um, like that's the kind of, that's the kind of experience that I want at right. these events. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome seeing our, our current customers, I love them to death, and it's it's awesome seeing them. And um, you know, it, at the bigger events like ORD, but and, and it's nice getting content with them because they know what they're doing. But it was cool to, um, and I, I, I kind of dropped the ball on this. This is where I, I, I needed somebody who who was dedicated content there. Um, but I wanted to get some interviews with some of the people, and you know, get it. Just get an interview with them even before the event. Um, get an interview with them as they're starting to use the product and then afterwards and stuff like that. But anyway, I'd uh, answer your question. So I think the I think people were were either picked based on the the product sponsor, or if that didn't really matter, the the instructor that they wanted. And I think they could probably you know, put in a suggestion for who they'd, they'd, they'd like to be with. Cause I don't, I'm trying to think, you know, Donovan was there with tier one. Frank was there with range Fox. Why am I drawing a blank on the, and Rick. Remember who Rick's sponsor was? He's got it's somebody probably action. to be honest. Yeah, was action the one? Might've been. I mean, they had banners. He has so many sponsors. He has like nourish and he has, he has a bunch of sponsors. Um, but uh, so for those people, probably I imagine that they chose the not Neomeg users for us, and they probably let the other people choose which instructor because I don't think it really mattered product wise necessarily for shooting targets or yeah. Um, that's how I understand that it went down. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a good time. I uh, we'll see what we get with the video content and everything. Um, still working through photos, but it was a pretty good time. So yeah, I, I busted out our photos yesterday. Did I send you? Did you get the link? Probably not. You're probably not on the email. I'll send you a link to our photos. There's a couple, couple good ones of you. Thanks for your submissions. Oh really? To uh, at one point you must have picked up a camera and pointed at yourself. Oh took, yes, yes. <laughs> I took a yes, couple. Yes, I did. I forgot about that. I was like, wait a minute. And yes, you left your camera lay, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm taking selfies. I took a couple of you. Hardcore taking selfies. <laughs> did you, you like me? My, I think I did duck face at least once. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw your cleavage. Um, uh, with my sweatshirt on. Because <laughs> I got I think, so much uh, of it. <laughs> I still don't think you and me got a picture together. No, we talked about it, but then, talked about it. you know, it got started getting dark and, you know, Brenton and I were gearing up to head back toward Pennsylvania. So we said goodbyes and bounced. And you took uh, a really nice picture of me and Nate and, and, and Dusty. Yeah, I have a couple on my camera, too, where you guys were being very. Uh, I was wondering where that one went. Very much loving on each other. I thought Don't that worry, was with I, my camera. No, no, no. I, I have it. You're, oh, you're definitely <laughs> you're, you're definitely loving on each other. Like I'm, I have it over here on my screen. It's freaking hilarious. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so weird. It's a group bear hug. I feel like I need to after this screen share it with you because yeah, I want to see it. It's so funny. Oh man. Anywho, well, I need to get geared up. I yeah, got a, I got a meeting. I got to jump into. But Same. Yeah, I, I appreciate 
uh, your time. Appreciate everybody's time who's who's listening. We appreciate you. And uh, if you if you found this podcast enjoyable somehow, not and you learned something somehow, whatever, share it with at least one other person. Think of somebody who you think might might enjoy it. Somebody who's got maybe an entrepreneurial spirit. Somebody who just might like to hear our banter. I don't know. Send them our way. Leave us a review and a rating. Oh, um, you got stickers and stuff going out pretty soon here. Stickers are coming in today. So. Nice. I, I, I got to give you the coins, which I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've. I didn't talk about the coins on the podcast. If if you saw on Origin the Journey Instagram, I posted a video of, of lasering the coins. So I had these. I had these brass, these solid brass coin blanks. I've had them for a while, and they're super cool. So just tell them it's gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's gold. Um, no, we invested all of our money into coins. So we, uh, I designed a forging the journey, uh, like challenge coin. They're numbered. On the other side is uh, is nine. Of, the one I have. I love is how we're like we're holding them up to the camera, and it's yeah, like, like anybody can see. Nobody can see. Them. If you want to see them, go to the Instagram. But for all of you who sent, um, who, who sent your address. To get to get the sticker, you're also going to get a custom laser numbered coin. So these are super cool. So I just want to thank all of you who who took the moment to do that. And, uh, I appreciate it. So, yes, we do. Um, Sorry, I was muted. I had to cough. You were muted and coughing. So, well, you ready to wrap this up? Let's get to work. Yep. We'll catch you guys next time. All right. See ya.